In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips and dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. That's our God. The more we see of him, the more we understand about ourselves. But then we recognize his mercy and his grace and love. And his willingness to challenge us and change us and conform us to the character of his son, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We are working this month on a verse of Scripture that's found in Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I trust that you've been able to look at this verse and hide it in your hearts and apply it to your lives. Let's say it together this morning. Read it together. I trust that most of you can quote it. We'll start with the reference and then we will read or quote the verse and finish with the reference. Philippians 1, 6. I'm sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1.6. That's all about growth, isn't it? And as we have looked here in Ephesians chapter 4, we have looked at growth and we have outlined this passage this way. He gave to the church. There's a recognition of those responsibilities of the leaders of the church so that we might grow, so that the whole body might be fit together, working jointly for the honor and glory of our God. We're to speak the truth in love, and we are to help and edify and build one another up for the cause of Christ. This morning we are going to look at our growth, and we are going to see that it's our responsibility to make sure that we are maturing in Jesus Christ. We are to grow up in Him and mature in Him. And our growth is to be evidenced in our lives because God has designed us so that we might not be where we are all of the time. Now, this design in our passage this morning is identified in three ways. And I want you to... Look into your Bibles, and I want to look at verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood. Mark that in your Bibles, will you please? 
to the measure, the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children. Mark that in your Bibles, will you please? Tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up, mark that in your Bibles, please, in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, did you identify what God intends to happen in our lives? It begins with a mature manhood. Now, some of you may have a translation that says perfect. The word perfect is the word that is used to describe the development of us in Christ. It's used a number of different places in Scripture. In fact, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God that is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be, and here's the word, perfect, teleos, truly furnished into all good works. In Romans chapter 12, we read this. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that teleos, good and acceptable, and here it is, perfect, mature will of God. Paul wrote to the believers in Philippi, and he says, I press on. Let those of us think that we are perfect, mature, think this way, and then he outlines how we are supposed to to think. Maturity is supposed to be part of the Christian life. We are to grow up in him. We are to be fully developed in him. We are to be the kind of people that are of full age, grown up in Christ. Now, maturity is an interesting thing. Sometimes I don't act my age. I act much younger than I am. Connie will call me on that. And every once in a while, she will say to me, now this is very seldom, you understand. Why don't you just grow up? Well, I'm growing out. Doesn't that count? But maturity is something that we expect once we get to be adults, right? Once we get a little older, we are expected to have developed something that will take us beyond childhood. Something that will help us develop this growth in our lives. And it does affect us, doesn't it? Here Paul says we are to have a mature manhood in Christ, womanhood in Christ. That's how God designed us so that we might be the kind of people God wants us to be. Why? So that we are no longer children. Did you see that in verse 14? That you may be no longer children. The word for children there is the idea of babies. Those who are still sucking on bottles. Those who still have to have their diapers changed. Those who really can't do much for themselves but have to be coddled and pointed in the right direction and who have to be cared for, which is a 24-7, 365-day 
responsibility. That we be no longer children. Children are gullible. Children are vulnerable. Children are easily victimized. Now I want you to remember that because we're going to look at the dangers to spiritual growth here in just a minute. And so often, unless we grow up and mature, we are easily carried away. I think it interesting that as Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, in in chapter 1, he said that they did not lack any spiritual gift. You know, that must have been a great church. An outsider coming in, looking around, and seeing all the talent and all the abilities and and all of the gifts that were in that, that body of belief, that must have been a great church. But then two chapters later, in chapter 3, he says, when you should have grown up, I had to feed you with milk. You weren't ready to have solid food. And what he was saying is, even though you are gifted, even though there's a lot of talent and and there's a lot of ways to serve the Lord, you you weren't using them. You, You were children. Oh, God, help us to be the kind of people that God wants us to be. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a great passage of Scripture, isn't it? It's a love chapter, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not put itself up front. Love keeps no track of evils. Rejoices in the truth. And in that passage of Scripture, it says this. When I was a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. One of the things that hurts me deeply is when those who should be mature in Christ act childishly within the body of Christ. I think it hurts God deeply too. That you be no longer children tossed to and fro. Why? So that we might grow up in him. Verse 15. In every way who is the head. Now think about that every way for a minute, will you please? Grow up in him in every way. What does that mean? I believe we ought to grow up in him relationally. We ought to grow up in him emotionally. We ought to grow up in him when we face challenges in life. We we ought to grow up in him when we look for his faithfulness to be evidenced in our lives. We ought to grow up with him when we hurt. We ought to grow up in him when we rejoice. We ought to grow up in him in every way. There is nothing in our lives that should not be touched by Jesus Christ. Amen? Everything in our lives. His design is that he has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And there should be nothing in our lives that he doesn't touch. So that we might be mature. No longer children. But growing up in him. Now, there are some dangers Some dangers that we face, and those are identified for us in verse 14. 
so that we are no longer children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about with every wind of doctrine by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Look at them, will you please? What are these dangers? Tossed by the waves, every wind of doctrine, human cunning and schemes in our lives. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of God who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given you. You believe that this morning? If you're not sure what to do, can you trust God to lead you and direct you? Isn't that great? Because there are a lot of times I don't know what to do. And sometimes I don't even know how to pray. But Romans 8 says that when I don't know how to pray, the Spirit prays for me with groanings that cannot be uttered. Amen? But then James says that we must act in faith. Believing that God will give to us the answer. Because if we don't act in faith... We're like one that is driven around by waves, tossed to and fro. You know that's a danger in our lives? Somebody said, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for everything. And so many times in our lives, we are tossed by the waves of our culture. We are ships without anything to hold us steady. And we are unable to track as God wants us to track. Connie and I had the privilege of living in Sandusky, Ohio for a while. Sandusky, Ohio is on the north coast of Ohio. You didn't know Ohio had a north coast, did you? Lake Erie. And and we had a little boat. We had a 17-foot Thunderbird that we just enjoyed had a 150-horse Evan Rue on the back, and, and we, we just had a lot of fun. Every September, on Connie's birthday, I would take her fishing. She loves to fish. She loves to drown minnows. She doesn't care if she's catching or not. She just likes to fish. And we always did it as kind of a birthday present. Um, I don't enjoy fishing. I do enjoy catching. You understand the difference? So we would go out, and usually that was perch season. And if Connie was just fishing, fishing, I was reading. If she was catching, I too was drowning minnows. But because of the time of year we went... There were times when it was not smooth as glass out on Lake Erie. Remember those, Connie Gale? Those were the times you just loved, weren't they? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's real easy for us to find in our lives times when we don't have smooth sailing. And that's the word picture that's given right here. We live in a culture that no longer emphasizes a Judeo-Christian ethic. True? And it is very hard for us as Christians. And the only way that we can find stability in this culture is to grow up into him who is the head. Because 
We cannot find our satisfaction in the culture. We can only find it in Christ. Amen? Tossed to and fro. Driven about with every wind of, of doctrine. Maybe you got wet this morning when you came in because the thunderstorms came. How did they come? Pardon? Yeah, that's, that's right. The, the clouds let loose and they came down, right? That, that's the picture here. Every wind of doctrine is, is blowing as the clouds go through the sky. You know that happens very easily? It happens so easily to us. Last week we looked into 2 Timothy chapter 4 where it says that the time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine but will be carried about with every wind of doctrine. It's a danger. A danger of human cunningness and schemes. Boy, we do. We live in that day and age. Human cunning has the idea of throwing loaded dice. The game is rigged. And those that would take us for fools. Some time ago, I got a call from my mom. It's unusual for me to get a call from my mom. Unusual for me to get a call from my dad. They figure I do the calling. So I knew something was up. And mom said, have you talked to Joshua? It's our son. I said, no, haven't talked to Joshua recently. She said, well, I just got a call from Joshua. And he's in trouble financially. And wants us to send him some money. So I called Joshua. I said, did you just call grandma? No. Any of you gotten those kinds of calls? My mom did. And she was ready to wire money to my son, her grandson, who was in trouble. This day and age in which we live, right? Craftiness. And so often Satan himself is transformed into something that looks pretty good, called an angel of light in Scripture. And we get caught up in that so, so easily. If we're going to mature, if we're going to grow up, then we need to be aware of the dangers that Paul identifies that are certainly part of our culture today. So how can we grow up in him? Let me give you six ways that you can grow up in him this morning, all right? It all starts with God's word. It starts with truth in our lives. It starts with taking this book and applying it to our hearts, and living it out for the honor and glory of our God, right? Amen? Is there anyone in this room this morning who would, uh, who would disagree with the statement that growing starts with God's Word? Anyone? Thank you very much. Appreciate that. But yet, how often do we find it difficult to get into God's Word? Not too many weeks ago, 
I challenged you to read through the book of Ephesians. Take a chapter every day and read through it and keep reading through it until we got done with the study. I don't know how many have done that. I've done it. But I really didn't keep track of how long it took to do. I have on my smartphone, which is smarter than I am, the Bible. And not only do I have the Bible that I can read, I have the Bible that will be read to me. That's kind of cool. So I thought to myself, self, how long does it really take me to read through Ephesians? It took two minutes and 26 seconds to read through chapter 1, to have it read to me through chapter 1. I was asking you to take less than two and a half minutes every day to read through Ephesians. If you want to read through the whole book, it takes right at 18 minutes in one sitting. talking with somebody this past week and they said to me you know I've always wanted to read through the whole Bible but I've never been able to get that done I said well it takes four pages a day to read through the whole Bible he said nah so I went and got my Bible and my Bible has a total of 1,328 pages so divide that by 365 and you're good so I wondered How long does it take to read four pages? I timed it in Ephesians. It takes not quite 14 minutes. 13 minutes and 50 seconds. Can you spend 15 minutes a day in God's Word? If you can, you can read through the whole Bible in a year. Can you spend... Less than two and a half minutes a day in God's Word? If you can, you can read a chapter in Ephesians. Folks, it all starts with truth. It starts with God's Word. And if we are going to grow up in Him, it has to begin there. Not only does it start with God's Word, we must respond to God's Word. We must make sure that we are living the truth out in our lives. Keep your finger here in Ephesians chapter 4, please, because we'll be back. And turn to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. I'm sorry, James chapter 1. If you have a Bible like mine, it's on page 1289. If you don't have a Bible like mine, you're going to have to find it. Look with me, beginning in verse 22, will you please? James 1, 22. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. We must respond to God's word. We must recognize that others are significant. If we're going to grow up, we must 
Recognize others are significant. You ever see little kids play together? And they get their toy, and it's mine. You can't have it. It's mine. Well, the Scripture says in Philippians chapter 2, that we are to look on the things of others as significant. And then it says this, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Why? Christ is a supreme example of others are significant. Christ is the one who gave his blood, who gave his life, who came so that you and I might have something that we didn't have before, and that's a relationship with God by trusting his sacrificial gift in our behalf. If we're going to grow up, I mean, grow up, we must recognize that others are significant. If we're going to grow up, we must watch our step. Are you still in Ephesians chapter 4? Turn over to chapter 5, will you please? Chapter 5, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. You better watch where you step. I better watch where you step because there are things that are lurking that could harm you. talking with one of our folks this morning that stepped on a nail. How in the world do you do that? They were walking in the garden. There was a beam that was covered by dirt. Took a step, and there it was, as I understand it. We need to walk carefully in this old world. If we're going to grow up in him, We need to be careful. We need to have an unwavering focus. An unwavering focus. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin that does so easily entangle us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let me tell you, if you're looking at anyone or anything but Jesus, you're going to be disappointed in your life. I'm going to disappoint you. I had a note at the beginning of my notes That simply says tongue-tied. Last week, as we were talking about eschatology and ecclesiology, I got tongue-tied. I had my tongue wrapped around my eye teeth and I couldn't see what I was saying. Because I misspoke. It was supposed to be ecclesiology and several times I said eschatology. Some of you caught that, didn't you? Good, you were supposed to. If you're looking at me, you're going to be disappointed. 
Last week I said something about we used to have public invitations. We don't have those anymore. I did not mean to imply that they are bad. Or I did not mean to imply that God hasn't used them. Or I did not mean to imply that there was something wrong. Just trying to make a cultural statement. There were some who misunderstood that statement last week. I'm sorry. I didn't clearly articulate what I meant to say. Tongue-tied. Folks, if we're looking at anybody but Jesus, we're going to be disappointed. And lastly, we need to make sure that in our lives, we are participating within the body. Back to Ephesians chapter 4, will you please? Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 15, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Each, with, when each part is working properly, makes the body to grow so that it builds itself up in love. Someone wrote, believers who are never involved in aggressive service for Christ never emerge from being spiritual children. They are underdeveloped for lack of exercise. Grow up. Grow up in Him. Grow up in Him who is the head, even Jesus Christ. Amen? That's maturity. And each one of us needs to be taking those next spiritual steps to go from where we are to where God wants us to be. For his honor and his glory. Amen? Next week we're going to talk about speaking the truth in love. Wow. That's a challenge, isn't it? That we may grow up in him. Who is the head. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity you've given to us to just look into your word. Simple truths. But I trust truths that will help us to to grow together be the kind of people you want us to be so that we might arrive at some maturity no longer being children tossed to and fro but recognizing who is the head even Jesus Christ and it's in his name we pray amen